You are Locked On Steelers, your daily Pittsburgh Steelers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to the Locked On Steelers podcast. I'm your host, Chris Carter, bringing you your daily dose of all things on the Pittsburgh Steelers. It's Wednesday, February 24th, and we've got a lot to talk about. Of course, we have Dean I.M. Pietro from Channel 11 always here on Wednesdays, but of course, we got big news late on Tuesday that Ben Roethlisberger, it does indeed look like he's coming back. I'll give you the details on that right away, and then we'll jump into all the things that I recorded with Dean. We kind of recorded the show before that happened, so we got a lot to talk about in that department. Let's not waste any time. Don't forget, when you subscribe when you subscribe here, you can do so anytime at Radio.com, Google Podcast, Spotify, or Apple Podcasts to get your dose of Locked On Steelers, Monday through Friday. And if you want to leave us a five-star review with a positive comment, doing so gets you a shout-out at the end of the show. Let's get into it. So for the long listeners of the show, you know that noise means that there's some editing going on in this show. And uh, this editing is me. Uh, talking after the fact, because Dean and I recorded our show earlier in the day, and then, of course, news broke that Ben Roethlisberger not only spoke with the Steelers, but it does look like he will be back with the, with, what's, with the Steelers. So we'll give a brief detail here before we get into the rest of the show, and then I will go talk about this in full length when we do when we talk to with Wesley Euler on tomorrow's episode. But, bottom line is this. News came out early on from a lot of the Steelers' sources, Jerry Dulac, Dale Lally, the guys that have been around for a while, that Ben Roethlisberger met with Art Rooney II on Tuesday and that the meeting, quote-unquote, went well. Of course, everyone's wondering, well, what does that even mean? What does it mean that they went well? And does it mean he's coming back? It could mean nothing. But then Aditi Kinkabwala dropped a bomb on Twitter when she brought when she wrote out that uh, Ben's agent, Ryan Toner, basically said that, yes, he's planning to come back. They're just waiting for the numbers to get, to come back from the Steelers and that it's a done deal and that Ben Roethlisberger absolutely wants to come back. And what have I been, what have I been telling y'all for weeks? On the Locked On Steelers podcast, I've been telling y'all I don't see the reason Ben doesn't come back unless he's hurt up. And for all the he's old talk, his mistakes were in his head at the end of the season. They weren't in his arm. His arm is perfectly fine to throw the ball deep down the field. They just need to find a better way to manage it so he has to make less decisions. So with all that being said, I think Ben Roethlisberger coming back is a good thing. We'll get into more details into that with Wesley Euler tomorrow, but we want to. I want you to enjoy the show that we have with Dean and Pietro because we have a lot of other in- interesting things to talk about on the Steelers front. So sit back, enjoy the rest of the show. So rolling into Wednesday, y'all know we always get our guy, our special guest, our friend Dean and Pietro from Channel Eleven WPXI. Uh, Dean's joining us today, and I always love having Dean on because. I'm a I'm a historian type of guy. Like I have read so much of the books, seen so much of the the actual game footage, not just the highlights, but the game footage of times that have long gone for the Steelers. But Dean lived through them. Uh, he carries a lot of that knowledge just naturally <laughs> with him. Um, and see, he's laughing because he thinks I'm making fun of him. No, I'm serious. This is a big Dean. Dean is old, and not only that, the special guest. Like picture if we had opening credits for this thing, you know, I'd be that. You know, the when they brought Heather Locklear into Melrose Place, you know, special guest star, Dini and Petro. We say all that to say we're getting into the, the Steelers topics <laughs> today and getting off of soap <laughs> operas from the 90s. Um, one thing that I think it's tossed around a lot, Dean, is that the Steelers are supposedly holding on to players too long. And mm-hmm. 
that you know and they're, and they're and they're they're bringing it back like this is what they always do um and i feel like this notion is a carried over notion by people who are tired people who are just trying to push the needle and say like hey you know i'm gonna be edgy about what the steelers are doing and just gonna say something that's more cynical or critical of their approach to things and something that they know that they could have said for the past you know seven years because you know what their people are remembering from is when the Steelers won in 2001 and 2008, and then they kept that core together for another four or five years where Ike Taylor, James Harrison, Troy Polamalu, Ryan Clark, you know, as many of those guys as they could keep, they kept. And, um, and they may try to give that te- a team as much time as they could to win before having to, you know, build towards the future. But I don't think that's what's happening right now. I think, the only guy that you even put in that conversation is Ben Roethlisberger. And I think that's why it is such a conversation because it's the quarterback, but in almost every other position group, they're either, we know that they need to reload there or they're in their prime or young guys that are, that are figuring it out and getting good at their jobs. Yeah. The, the, the good thing is you have, special guest stars to move the dial you don't need to bring up topics and hot takes that are really stupid and irrelevant like other shows do (laughs) so yeah when you got the guest star you're good to go now (laughs) he's he's shaking his head he's 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 absolutely exasperated with me right now guys so (laughs) the the notion the only actually even in that run that you mentioned the only person that they hung on to too long in that notion in that was Dick LeBeau. Mm. He's the one that they hung on to for too long because I saw it that season, that Super Bowl winning season, like they're not making second half adjustments. Teams are coming back on them and it was happening more than the Cardinals did it. And save for Ben's drive with San Antonio Holmes, the Steelers win the Super Bowl. Otherwise you're talking about something totally different at that point. The players, though, they remember this is a team that got rid of Troy Polamalu before Polamalu wanted to go. Mm-hmm. Okay. This team will let people go when it's time. And you see when they go to another team that it was time. They have done it, as your historian will tell you, in the immortal words of Chuck Noll, Franco, who, when he went to the Seahawks, yeah, he was done. He was done by that point. And it's sad All because if he, if, he, if he had just stayed with the Steelers for one more season, he would have set the all-time rushing record uh, of, of his day, which was which is why that which is why that really stunk. But to your point, the Steelers have always been business first. They have yes. very much the family feel of the organization. People love to talk about that. And, and it's, and that's real, but they also, it's like family, but Hey, we are not sacrificing this entire organization just to make this one person happy. I'll tell you this much. If they had a, uh, a Patrick Mahomes in waiting, like the chiefs did oh, from Alex ben Smith, would be gone. Ben would be gone. Yeah. It'd be a whole different story. This, this is a whole, wholly a case of, they don't have a quarterback. They'll put the face on and say, Mason, we're comfortable with Mason Rudolph. They're not they're comfortable not. with Mason that, Rudolph. That's why, that's why Art Rooney said at the, you know, when he spoke, he's like, listen, if Ben doesn't come back, we're adding to the quarterback room because he knows that the, it, this ain't enough right now. And they mm-hmm. took their reasonable shots 
at address it. You know, when you have your your franchise quarterback, you can take your third round and your fourth and fifth round stabs at, at getting quarterbacks. And, and mm-hmm. they tried that. They tried that with Mason. They tried it with Dobbs saying, hey, if this works out, great. If it doesn't, we didn't spend too high on it. And we invested the other picks into positions that we needed at that point in time. So, I, I, again, Ben's the only guy I feel like you can say that about holding on to. And they're holding oh, yeah. on to him because they don't they have a reason to hold on to him. Um, but you look at the other guy, I mean, Pouncey would have been the guy that I would have said that about on the roster this year. Yes. And he retired. Right. He's done. And, you know, did he retire or did they say, "Mm, Pouncey, you know, maybe there were conversations that we don't even know about. It's a possibility. I I feel like Marquise knew, because the reason he didn't just announce it right after the playoff, I think he he knew that he was going to have to take a pay cut this year. And that's why he was so upset after the loss. Um, and he was he wasn't sure if if he could negotiate it to be an, uh, so little of a pay cut that he could keep uh, that he could keep playing and feel good about it. But again, that guy's been beat up so much. I get why he doesn't want why he he wouldn't want to play. Oh, absolutely. Um, but guys like you know, who are they hanging on to? You know who who are the guys that you could say who that anyone would say that they're hanging on to? Joe Hayden? No. You know we were talking before the show. You have a great you have a great. Uh, outlook on this actually about Joe Hayden and about why he's not hanging on. Go ahead. Right. Joe, Joe Hayden is a guy, and I've said this before in other shows, but Joe Hayden's a guy who, when he plays cornerback, he is in position. He is using technique. He's using his hands. He's using his, his, his footwork and his placement to stay ahead of you and to make sure that he's maximizing his ability to play. He's never been a speedster. He's never been Patrick Peterson who needs extreme size and extreme extreme speed to keep up with everybody. He's he's a lot like he reminds me of Richard Sherman and why Richard Sherman's still very good at his old age. Richard Sherman ain't the fastest. He never was the fastest. And he's not the quickest either anymore. But what him and Joe Hayden have inside is that they're able to keep themselves in position and make themselves valuable, which is why Joe Hayden was still good this past year. He had like 12 pass breakups. Uh, you know, he's had double digit pass breakups the past several years for the Steelers and that's extremely valuable at the number one quarterback spot which is why I think it's essential that they not only keep him I would even sign him to to an extension this offseason just say hey let's add one more year on we'll move some of your money down into 2022 and you know and then you'll get paid then too but that way we all know that you'll at least be here two more seasons and we're not talking about negotiations next year um, unless we want to extend you even further but uh, he's a guy that, that he's not just hanging on there um and again, which which position groups are the hang on position groups here that when people want to say that this is, you know, the Steelers are holding on to players too long running back. You're looking for new running backs because they're all young and they didn't work out offensive line. You got rid of the old guy. DeCastro's the only old player you got left there. And you want to see if he does have something in the tank because he was hurt most of the season wide receiver. They're all young defensive line cam hayward's in his prime stefan to entering his prime uh you know uh edge rushers tj watt and alex smith are babies uh linebacker vince williams is in his prime uh, uh devin bush is a baby and they got a bunch of guys behind them who are young or, or experienced or figured things out the secondary i mean hayden is the one guy you can say about that nelson's in his prime he's in his late 20s uh minka's a baby terrell's a baby like these are all guys who are young the only person you could say that about is ben roethlisberger it's not like this this team is bereft of talent or you know and and is or is lacking anyone who can carry the organization for years which is why i still think they're in a much better position than most people give them credit for that's exactly and you look at their their track record of success and, and it's because they've run the organization this way because they know when it's time to not hang on to players anymore and you don't get to this success level that they've had 
under this Mike Tomlin and Kevin Colbert era without running your game plan the right way like they are. Exactly. And there's a certain part of that game plan that I think people need to talk about more. We're going to get to that in just a sec. But first, we've got to talk to you about our friends at betonline.ag. Betonline.ag, the only place that we trust here in the Lockdown Podcast Network to place bets on. Even though football season's over, there's a ton of different ways to make money by gambling on sports right now. If you go to betonline.ag today and sign up for your free account, you'll get a 50% bonus to your first deposit simply by entering the promo code LOCKEDON. That's L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N, LOCKEDON, all capital letters and all one word, and that will get you your 50% bonus on your first deposit. Right now, sure, the NFL is done, but you can put money down on where certain free agents might be going in the NFL. You can also bet on college basketball, the NBA, and the NHL. All different ways to get off the sidelines and get in on the action. BetOnline.ag. Remember, use that promo code LOCKEDON, L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N, LOCKEDON, all capital letters, all one words, to get a 50% bonus on your first deposit. BetOnline.ag, your online sportsbook experts. Back here on the Locked On Steelers podcast, I'm your host, Chris Carter, here with Dean I.M. Pietro from Channel 11 WPXI here in Pittsburgh. So, Dean, furthering that conversation, um, one thing that I think people forget when you're building a team is how position groups groups go through uh, cycles and how you can't always be great in every position group. And how rare it is that when you when you're in, when you're when you're you're looking at, at draft prospects and you're building through the draft and you're signing guys in free agency, not every pick and signing that you're going to have is going to click. But uh, what what makes a good front office is that when you want to address a department on your team, you address it, and then it does get fixed. That even if it takes a couple tries to get there, it does get fixed. And one thing that I think we're seeing now with the Steelers personnel and that we're you know and where their strengths are um you know back in you know everyone's talking about the offensive line right now and oh man the offensive line they need to get better there why have why is it like this now well it's because back in the late 2000s they were here as well people still say that that's the worst offensive line to ever win a Super Bowl when the Steelers won Super Bowl 43 what happened after that two two drafts later they pick they pick Marquise Pouncey two drafts after that they get uh David DeCastro and Marcus Gilbert. And that forged the the new parts that that would be the Steelers offensive line that would dominate most of the 2010s. Right. And when they invested the time in to build that group and the picks and, and, and the moves to do that, it got better. The weakness of the mid 2010s was the secondary. How are they going to ever get a secondary together? They got a really good one now. And I think it happened. I mean, edge rushers was was a problem after Lamar Woodley got hurt and couldn't really finish his career, and James Harrison got old. People were like, "Well, will they ever get the edge rushing man?" Now they've led the league in sacks for four straight years. There, to me, with Kevin Colbert, Dean, I've learned to trust him. When that when when a group gets weak, when a group gets sour, he is going to figure it out. It may not happen right in the moment, right when you want it to happen as a fan, but they will take the time and get it right. Because the Steelers did not go 16 and 0, mm-hmm. and they did not win every game 49 to nothing, 
and then win the Super Bowl 49 to nothing, maybe 56 to nothing. Fans tend to find flaws, right. you know? I mean, yeah, you cannot, and I don't think in the era of free agency, I mean, show me a complete top-to-bottom, star-studded, no-flaws team, and don't tell me Tampa Bay is because they've got flaws. Yeah. Okay? You know, they had a better run in a playoff game. You, you're not going to have your 1978 Steelers where you've got the MVP at quarterback, where you've got a 1,000-yard rusher, where you've got two elite receivers, an elite offensive line, and an elite defense across the board. That doesn't happen anymore. Right. Not in free agency. It doesn't happen. And when and, it does, it's very brief because of free agency. Correct. Because, you know, you win, especially then you win a championship, free agency comes up and you're like, hey, I was on this championship team and I was really good and I'm going to get these, you know, ridiculous amount of money from the New York Jets to go play there and <laughs> waste my career away, but I got paid. So <laughs> you, you, I remember when the Steelers were doing it at wide receiver, they kept dra- drafting wide receivers number one for th- like three years in a row and Troy Edwards and Plexico Burris and all that until they got that, that settled. And so now, yeah, they've got to build back up the offensive line. And it won't happen this year. You're not just going to find five guys that just click and boom, and it's perfect. It's not going to happen that way. But in a couple of years, maybe. Yeah, they could. Mm -hmm. They're going to have to address the quarterback room. Now, that's the one where, um, you know, they haven't had the greatest success. I don't – it's hard – it's tough to say they haven't had the greatest success when they've had, you know, Terry Bradshaw and Ben Roethlisberger in the room, right? Mm-hmm. But that but you, period who, in the middle, who, who else oh. has had so much great success at picking quarterbacks? I mean, the, most True. franchises are yes. sitting there saying, "We got two. Yeah, if, if, if the, of the yeah. great franchises, the Packers. Yes. You know, maybe they can say we got three because you had Bart yeah, Starr in the sixties, right? Right, and then you had Favre and, and Favre Rogers. and Rogers. Yeah, uh, and, and, but again, they won. Two Super Bowls with Favre and Rodgers. Yeah. Over yeah. however many years. That's, 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 I think that's, that spanned three decades now. That was three. They won three. They won two with Bart Starr. They won one with Favre. And, and then one with Rodgers. But, but I'm saying yeah. but I'm saying between Favre and Rodgers, Favre started with them in what, in the mid-90s? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you had, you, had, you had him all the way through nine, from 95 to now. That's almost 30 years. Yeah, uh, of, of and, having a franchise quarterback, and again, how rare is that? Look at all the other teams that don't even have two quarterbacks that you could say mm-hmm. are. are let right. me, I mean, the, the Bills have Jim Kelly. They're hoping that Josh Allen's that guy right now. Right, but they still didn't win one with with, with Jim Kelly. Right. Who uh, who on the Jets do you want to name outside of Joe Namath? Who was he's even still the leading passer of all time? Yeah. <laughs> right. New York Jets. Your leading passer of all time was from Super Bowl three 50 years ago. It's insane. I mean, so yeah, you're right. Yeah, I can't I can't pick on the Steelers in that regard because they did get fortunate enough to find two franchise quarterbacks in their time um, in the modern era time. So that is that is exceptional. And you but yeah, now you're you're tasked with finding that third now. Um, good luck. It's hard because even your, you know, your blue star, you know, your blue ribbon prospects can turn out to be nothing right ryan ryan leaf mm-hmm. and you but know to, to, to i saw i brought this up yesterday when I, I had josh taylor on um 
There, they, it, after Carson Wentz got traded, there are no quarterbacks drafted in the first round from 2009 to 2016 who are on the team that drafted them. Yeah, it's right. it is hard to pick quarterbacks, and that's what I'm saying. When people are getting on, oh, maybe Kevin Colbert, the game is passed him by. No, I don't think so. No, because, no, no, right, absolutely not. Like, because uh, I mean, people said this a couple years ago when he when it was announced, mm-hmm. oh, he wants to go year to year, and they're like, oh, that's because he's done. And like, no, he's been around for a long time. He took this is his, what his 21st season. Yeah, you know, doing this. No. For the Steelers the game he's is still on his game by exactly is, you're telling me the guy who drafted Kevin Dotson is not on his game mm-hmm. okay you know I mean, yeah not, no, just... not every draft pick hits not and the, and that's with anybody across mm-hmm. the board mm-hmm. but they've and they look at the TJ Watt draft class that yep. was a draft class mm-hmm. oh my goodness <laughs> e- ESPN just did a rank a re-ranking after one season of all the 2020 draft class the Steelers ranked eighth and they didn't have a first round pick. That's phenomenal. That is phenomenal. Okay. Kevin Colbert's got it. And I, you know, I know that there's this, and this probably especially happens in Pittsburgh, and we can blame what the Pirates have been for it. Yeah. A natural um, kind of skepticism. Yeah, fear of what ownership is doing with a team or not doing with a team. And when we see, you know, like penguins, why did they keep Jack Johnson all that time? And, you know, why are the pirates trading away this player and that player, you know, with the pirates, the, the mistrust was founded and, and it came up in the results. Um, and hopefully this time their, um, <laughs> their strategy actually will work, but the penguins, I mean, you still have a team that made the playoffs how many years in a row with the Steelers. You've had this team that has, you know, a nut does not have a losing record under the Mike Tomlin era. They're they're They get it right. And, and there's no way to just knee jerk reaction fix. Yeah. Oh my gosh. You know, Joe Hayden had two bad games. We have to replace the cornerback. No, you got to have patience. And that's one thing that Kevin Colbert has. And he also has a very, very smart football mind and this is where the Steelers do it the right way. And if there is a unit to trust in terms of building and retooling and not being forced into a rebuild, it is your Pittsburgh Steelers. I agree entirely. Uh, I, I, again, when, I, when you look at the, the, how, how, the, how they build their teams, they go through cycles with every department. The offensive line stinks. The offensive line is great. And then, and then you 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 get the best, most of that crew, and then you reload there. And while you're doing that, you're reloading the defensive line, you're reloading mm-hmm. your edge rushers, you're reloading your linebackers, you're reloading your receivers. And the Steelers have been very good at making themselves. It, it, that, that's what it, there's so many parts to building a football team. It's not like it's not like in basketball where you get two superstars and you're good to go. And or it's not like in hockey where you get a hot goalie and maybe you get three really good scores and then you can build around that. And, and f- football needs all these different components with 22 guys and then the guys that back them up to be in sync at the right parts of their careers to make it work. And I think right now, let's go, go ahead. Well, look at what you've done with the podcast. We've got <laughs> Tony, Tony and me and Jenna. Look at the core that you built. <laughs> And the amazing. Kevin Colbert of podcasting. You are. You are. It's <laughs> too silly, dude. Um, but th- that's the point is that you have to be able to find it, it. It would be different if the Steelers never got any of those positions right. Now, some people say, well, they never drafted a, a great cornerback. Like, well, Cameron Sutton was a good draft pick. 
he's just behind two guys that they signed who they knew that they could, they could get. And um, during the time, every position has had their day where they've been heralded in, in, you know, in the NFL, when it comes to the seal, the secondaries had their day, the running backs have had their day, the offensive line, the quarterback, for sure, their pass rushers, the receivers, every position is hit at some point. And that to me shows, should show anyone. It's like, look, just because things aren't working out in a certain area at a certain time doesn't mean that they're not going to get fixed again soon. And don't forget, whenever uh, Kevin Colbert do- does want to hang it up, I don't think that that front office is just going to fall off a cliff because he's had a guy in waiting years. I believe his name is Brandon Hunt. He's his right-hand man. He's been there the whole time. I think he's still there. And he, he'll he take over, and he's the guy that was, that was sitting behind him and working with him and finding those guys. So have faith, y'all, in Kevin Colbert and figuring out different things. Um, and, and keeping the core together for whenever Ben Roethlisberger is done with the Steelers, that they're going to reload as many of those positions as possible to make it work with whoever they have at quarterback. Amen. We're going to take one more quick break. When we come back, Dean wants to get back to his Hall of Fame talk because I cut him off last week before he got too far into it because I was trying to get the end the show then. But he has a, a, an interesting disposition here on another Steeler we talked about last week. And who am I talking about? Find out after we talk about our friends at BuiltBar.com. Built Bar is the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. Built Bar is great for the health-conscious person and helps someone lose or maintain weight while indulging in a delicious treat during the day. Built Bars are low-calorie, low-sugar, but high-protein and high-fiber, and they're great for a keto diet. Instead of, of when you're tired and hungry at work and you need a boost to get through the day, instead of going to the vending machine and getting those cupcakes, or those Pop-Tarts, or those potato chips, get something healthy like a Built Bar. It'll fill you up, taste great, and get you through the rest of your day with the energy that you need. And Built Bar comes in 18 amazing different flavors. Six of those new, fla- new flavors are caramel brownie, cookies and cream, cherry barcia, lemon almond cheesecake, carrot cake, and apple almond crisp. You can get all those flavors by going to their website right now at BuiltBar.com. Go to BuiltBar.com and use the promo code LOCKEDON. That's L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N, LOCKEDON, and you'll get $10 off your next order. Use promo code LOCKEDON, L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N, for $10 off your next order at BuiltBar.com. Back here on the Locked On Steelers podcast, I'm your host, Chris Carter, here joined by Dean I and Pietro, Channel 11, WPXI in Pittsburgh. So, Dean, last week you talked about how Marquise Pouncey does deserve the Hall of Fame. What? Oh, you said does, he didn't. No, you're sorry. Not. Sorry. Sorry. <laughs> I just – I went back into my mode where Dean agreed with me because he knew that I was right. So, I apologize. <laughs> I apologize. You, but, but, but you think that Marquise Pouncey does deserve the Hall of Fame. That's correct. I, and I was, I, I was sitting here with my – Infinity Gauntlet Glove doing my Thanos snap, which people seem to like. Yeah, you're Thanos um, on the Locked On group, they're a fan of it, and so I've you know done a few snaps as 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 it were, and uh, my arm's a little torched, but I'm good. I'm good. I'm feeling good about it. So um, <laughs> among the guys that you would Thanos snap out of the Hall of Fame, if you don't know what I'm talking about, last week Dean said that the uh, the Hall of Fame isn't a Hall of Good. There's a lot. Half the Hall of Fame are Hall of Good guys, and they should be Thanos snapped out of the Hall of Fame, and then it will be a legit Hall of Fame. That's that. That's where this is coming from. And he mm-hmm. includes Marquise Pouncey on that list because we all think that 
Marquise Pouncey is a Hall of Famer. We he, we all do not. No, we do not. I'm talking about I'm talking about rational people, Dean. Which Nobody you are not came among. at me. Nobody came at me. Yes, they did. You had a whole person on Twitter call you out. A whole person on Twitter. Oh no. A whole person. On <laughs> but like under the theme, they they tagged me and they like whoever that guy was, and then I tagged you, and they were like, "Yeah, you're crazy." And then they brought up how do you think Jerome Bettis shouldn't be in the Hall of Fame? And then you're like, "Yeah, I do think he should be in the Hall of Fame." And they're like, "Okay, well look at this and look at that." And the person that you really want. Them. Oh, okay. Anyways, um, <laughs> the person that uh, the person that you wanted to talk about last week that I cut you off on was Heinz Ward. Yes. Now. Heinz Ward is a person I would agree with you. He's not a Hall of Fame NFL player. And, and to mm-hmm. me, you got to understand, as a kid, I loved Heinz Ward. He, mm-hmm. he revitalized the receiver position for the Steelers. He was the tough guy. He was the playmaker. He, 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 to me, he embodied what it meant to be a Steeler because he wasn't Randy Moss. He wasn't Terrellis. He wasn't flashy. He just beat you all the time. And he, just, and, and he personified the team. And he was the enforcer. He was everything you wanted in a Pittsburgh Steeler. And he's a guy, I think, that could play in any era of the NFL and find a way to succeed. But when you're talking about being a wide receiver and making the Hall of Fame, you're talking about a lot of guys that played during his era that had better numbers than him. And Heinz Ward... He finished with a thousand catches. We all know that you know his, uh, you know his um his his time you know his time of the year. They made sure that they got him his last catch in his last year. Um, but this man finished with twelve thousand eighty three receiving yards. Now some people might say, well, you know that that is a whole lot, and it is. Um, but you look at other guys that are in the Hall of Fame and the eras that they played in. Oftentimes, they were the best receiver or, uh, you know, one of the top five receivers in their era. Mm -hmm. As much as I grew up loving Heinz Ward and what he represented, he was not a top five receiver in his era. He was not. Absolutely not. He never was. And and that's no slight on Heinz. I understand you guys love Heinz Ward. I love Heinz Ward. I know Heinz Ward. For three years, I produced the Heinz Ward show. Great show, great guy. That dude worked. Yeah. He showed up on time for our show, just for our show. Okay, take away you know football for a second. Every week, he showed up on time. He showed up with a notebook, handwritten, full of notes about the topics that we were going to talk about and wanted to go over them with me. He didn't have to do that. He absolutely did not have to do that. When I produced the Jerome Bettis show or Heinz Ward show, I, I come up with the topics pretty much, but I let them go. I mean, because they're the pros. Okay. I'm not going to put words in their mouth. That would be dumb. <laughs> I mean, because uh, they played the game. I did not. So he didn't have to do that, but he came prepared. So, you know, and that's, that's a reflection just of what kind of guy he is in terms of whatever he does. He comes prepared. He works. He always worked hard. He was great. I will give you his greats. It still does not quite get you into the Pro Football Hall of Fame, and certainly not my Pro Football Hall of Fame, which has been snapped out of about half of the guys. So all you got to do, and, and you have, you have some numbers in front of you there, Chris? Yes, I do. Uh, here's, so, here's, the, here's, the two guys, here's the two guys you have to look at. Put them side by side. Okay. And I'm going to ask you point blank. Is Anquan Bolden? Bolden's 35 <laughs> touchdown. Anquan I'm willing to bet. That people listening right now, Anquan Bolden's not a Hall of Famer. Right. Now, Anquan Bolden, 
finished with 13,779 yards, getting his individual stats on top of that. He finished with, where is touchdowns? 82 touchdowns. So he finished with three less touchdowns right. and about mm-hmm. 1,700-ish more yards than, than Hines right. Ward. Right. Not a Hall of Famer. So neither is Hines. Well, now the and, one thing that I'll push back on that on, and, and I, I agree with you the Hines Ward is not a Hall of Fame guy, but what, what he has that Anquan Bolden never will are legendary moments. He's a Super Bowl MVP. He did. And he revitalized a Steelers offense. He became the identity for for Mm -hmm. quite some time. Um, Mm -hmm. And and he was a leader. Anquan Bolden may have been a leader, but I didn't see him lead the way I – like, you know, everyone remembers in 2008 in the AFC Championship game when Lyman Sweet drops the pass that would have been a touchdown and probably – and would have put the Steelers up big at the end of the first half, and he just – drops his hands mm-hmm. and he's just like so depressed and Heinz Ward's like come here come here he's like you don't worry about that you go and get the next guy and then Lyman Swede laid out maybe the biggest hit of a no of a non of a non like a receiver that nobody cared about you know Juju laid out perfect Heinz laid out a dozen people of all the guys that people other receivers that nobody cared about that was probably the biggest hit from, from someone he laid out yeah. for Corey Ivy for Heath Miller <laughs> like Hines did that and, and Hines made that a thing. Yes. Antoine yes. Randall as undersized as he was, he was a blocker. You know, like mm-hmm. he he did that. And I think that's where Hines gets above a Bolden for me because Bolden may have superior okay. numbers, but Hines yeah. is the guy I would take on my football team first. They had similar numbers. I don't even think they were I think they were really close to each other. They were. They uh, and Bolden had about 1700 more yards, three less touchdowns, and I think 13. I think they had, they actually played the same amount of the years. same number of years. Yeah. So again, yeah, I mean, the, the, every, I think everyone just looks at, you know, they love Heinz Ward, so and he was a great player. So he should be in the hall of fame. You got to just dig a little deeper though. And, and, you know, who's not in right now, uh, Reggie Wayne, Tory Holt yeah. or, or guys, right. Come on. Those guys got to get in ahead of him. And then who's going to come up in the next cycle. I mean, so he's just not going to be able to push his way in and, once again, though, this is why we have the Hall of Honor. I think the Steelers Hall of Honor, as a fan, if you're just a fan, mm-hmm. you I almost feel like you'd want to treat your team's Hall of Honor with more reverence than the actual Pro Football Hall of Fame. Hmm. Because it's all about your team and the legends of your team and your time, and they get their due and their immortality in your organization. And so I think that, in some ways, maybe, maybe as a fan, if you give that a little more value, then you won't feel as bad about maybe some guys that don't get into the Pro Football Hall of Fame. Because you can always go down to, you know, the Great Hall, you know, once things are back open, and, and see about all these guys. You don't have to travel to Canton to do it, you know? I mean, it's, it's a nice – and remember, and, and, and Jerome Bettis – I think uh, has put it this way, you know, the goal was always to win a championship, right? The goal, the goal wasn't hall of fame. The goal was a championship hall of fame's icing on the cake, but have the championship ring. That's the big deal. Mm-hmm. And Heinz Ward has the championship ring as well. So that's two of them. So, and an MVP, and an nothing MVP. you can ever take away from the guy. Um, and, hall of, a yeah. pro football hall of fame is not going to make or break Heinz Ward. It's mm-hmm. it's he's his spot is secure. 
in Steelers lore and Steelers history and in Steelers respect. And once again, though, my standards are higher. I've got my glove. I'm ready to snap if I need to. <laughs> Shaking your head. <laughs> you, you're, you're loving this metaphor. You're loving this. If um, I had the snap, if I had the Infinity Gauntlet glove, I would snap uh, Wanda to actually be, you know, here with me right now. So okay, so. okay, calm down, buddy. <laughs> calm down. This, this is this is a family friendly show. I will not be having that on my program. We would be having a conversation. That's all we would be doing. Okay. Yeah. Sure. Anyways, uh, but but to fur- <laughs> to further to further your point here about what you're talking about, you know, Heinz Ward in uh, in his years, I think he had seven seasons where he had uh, a thousand yards or more receiving, okay. and a lot of those years, guys went went were, were way above him. You have to remember in his time when again we're talking about guys during his era. You talk about the Tory Holtz. Talking about the the, the the Reggie Waynes, you know, Marvin Harrison was in that era. Mm. Larry Fitzgerald was in that mm-hmm. era. Steve Smith was in that era. Mm. You know, Randy Moss, Terrell Owens. You know, when you when you start seeing all those guys, Heinz Ward as a receiver came behind them. But now, whereas his value to the Steelers, different story. Because, again, he mm-hmm. was a leader. But when you compare him in that era – he was a very good and sometimes great guy. A great, I'd say he's a great player, but as far as great receivers goes, that's where it's tough to measure it up to. And whereas Pouncey, and this is why I think it's different with Pouncey, Pouncey was easily a top three center for pretty much all of his career. Mm-hmm. At any point in time, he got the respect, except for like maybe <laughs> the last two seasons. But last five, but okay. No, I'd say in twenty in twenty seventeen, he he was actually pre- he was actually pretty good. Uh, and I'd say 2018, they say 20, 2019 was when it was like, okay, this is getting too much. And 2020 is when it fell off. But, but, you know, throughout most of his career, he was either the best center or the next best. And, um, and that, that's why he's on the all decade team. You know, he, and he, you know, it wasn't just cause he had two or three good years to start. He did that for quite some time. And when you, I think when you add it up, you know, among all the centers, he, he's going to end up in the top 10 centers of all time. And that's why I think he, um, he, he he's a hall of famer. Whereas Heinz Ward, maybe top 30 receivers of all time. I don't even know if he'd get there. And, and, but, that, but that's, that's but all of a sudden, point. I don't think he, I don't know that he would. Um, if you, if you just start naming historic names off the top of your head, I think you do a lot before you get to Heinz Ward. Right. Well, and see, that's be trying to be generous there, but like, cause like right now I know he's 26 in receiving yards. Um, but again, some of the guys behind him who were first ballot hall of fame was Calvin Johnson. Now, same era, even later era, he, he got, he got the benefit of not having to be in the, in, in the running part of the NFL of the early, of the late nineties and the early two thousands, mm-hmm. you got Calvin Johnson. He played what eight years in the league, and he has less yards than than uh, than Heinz Ward. But again, eight years and maybe a thousand. He less was yards. at the top of the game. He was right. at the top He's, of his game during his time. Right. Um. But you know, Calvin Johnson's you know in, in that book. Um. You know, you you'd look down the list. You know, DeAndre Hopkins is climbing. He's in the ten thousand range. He mm-hmm. uh, to me, DeAndre Hopkins, that's a Hall of Fame. Type type of wide receiver because you could say Does that this Super Bowl put Antonio Brown into the conversation. Uh, he was in it beforehand, and this just put it over the top for me. Yeah. Uh, Antonio Brown was. Yeah, I mean, when he 
when you have yeah. a six-year run where you're the best receiver in football and those are yeah. the best six years in a row that any receivers ever had in NFL history, that alone, even with how he imploded, that alone makes you a Hall of Famer. Because he, he was – when you're the best receiver in football for that long, you're, you're a Hall of Famer. And then the Super Bowl, that adds to his lore to show that, hey, he did bounce back and figure a way to just stay out of trouble long enough to be on a team and be – and again, I'm not saying that AB is a new person or fixed or anything like that, but – you know, it's because it, it, it seems like whenever people talk about this, I see people. Well, he's still a jerk, and like no one said he's not a jerk, but we are jerks are in the Hall of Fame too. There's a lot <laughs> of jerks in the Hall of Fame, yeah, and if we wanted they, to make this the Hall of Nice Guys, there'd right. be a lot of people that wouldn't be in the Hall of Fame right yeah. now. I mean, Dan Marino's in the Hall of Fame, so you know. I mean, oh dang, you just coming for Dan Marino like that? Okay, Dean. Um, I, I got I got Kelly Burkett to worry about, so I'm not going to disrespect <laughs> Dan Marino. Uh, it's an inside joke for anyone that knows Channel 11, but uh, but a uh, but no, but seriously, um, yeah, like for me, Antonio Brown's a different story because he was the best receiver in football in a time with several yeah. great receivers. You know, Julio yes. Jones might yeah. go to the Hall of Fame itself because his numbers are ridiculous. He's Julio Jones mm-hmm. right now is 20th all time in receiving yards. I mean, think mm-hmm. about that. Like, that's that that's crazy. He's above Heinz Ward, like, he's a guy who could go to the Hall of Fame. You know, Larry Fitzgerald's yeah. a guy who's and he's definitely in the Hall. Yeah. That, 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 that guy's first ballot. They should they should Absolutely. even skip the five year wait for him. Truly. Um, yeah. To me. And he's a nice guy. And and he's the <laughs> nicest guy. And a team leader. He was the guy that it's yeah. see if Anquan Bolden was the leader the way that Larry Fitzgerald was, different story. Mm-hmm. But Anquan Bolden was always second fiddle to Larry Fitzgerald in, in Arizona. Yeah. Um but again, that's why I say Heinz Ward is a different type of great player and not necessarily a Hall of Fame player. And again, that's not a slight to him. No, it's, just it's a, not. That, that, that's acknowledging all the greatness that has come into the NFL um, throughout the years and where and they, and they can't all get in guys. They just can't all get in. No, it's okay. And it's okay. It doesn't disparage the Steelers. It's okay. It's well, uh, well, listen, there, there are times I think it does disparage the Steelers when a player like Elsie Greenwood still isn't in, uh, and Donnie yeah. Sh- and Donnie Shell didn't get in until just this last year. But you know, there the, there are guys who fit that category, and um, and and that's a debate for another time. But Dean, thanks so much for uh for for coming on the show. As always, please let me know where they can find you and get more of your work. Well, I'm gonna change uh, my Twitter handle to Special Guest Star. And uh, no, I'm Gosh. kidding. It's I am Dean 16. <laughs> you can find me on Facebook. I'm active in the uh, locked on podcast. You can send me a friend request. And uh, once I know that you're in the podcast, I'll accept it. And uh, in the group and um, yeah, I'm producing all the, the sports programming on, uh, on uh, WPXI. And I am going to do a shameless plug here because it's definitely worth it. Uh, Black History Month, WPXI doing a special presentation Sunday morning. It's either, uh, I think it's at 8.30. Um, and then the second half is on WPXI now on our streaming channel. And we've produced, uh, produced with our sports team uh, packages on Roger Kingdom, who was just a now Super Bowl champion, only the second person to ever be a Super Bowl champion and an Olympic gold medalist. And uh, Bianca Smith, who's the first woman to be hired as a coach in major league baseball, working with the Red Sox organization. Um, and we're doing a package on the Negro leagues and about them being recognized finally in the statistics of baseball. So we got some, some really good stuff that, that we're doing over there that you might want to check out Sunday morning. 
there you go. Check them out at Channel 11 WPXI here in Pittsburgh. You can also check them out on their website, WPXI. Uh, they have their WPXI Now app that you can download and watch at any point in time when you see stuff on Channel 11. And that's where you can also catch me on Halftime Adjustments, there you go. You mm-hmm. just gonna, yeah, which we do what we do every Wednesday nights at 730. Um, and we also you can find me on the final word on Sunday nights uh, on and off, depending on who's the guest that week. But um, but I was on this past week with D- with Dale Lolly past two weeks, actually. So lots of fun. Wait, there. we let you on two weeks in a row. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, wow. You guys are slipping. All right. Um, All right. But uh, <laughs> but you guys know me. I'm Chris Carter. You can follow me at Carter Critiques on Instagram and Twitter. Um uh, if you want to join the Locked On Steelers Facebook group, there's over 1,200 Steelers fans, uh, and, and including a lot of our guests and myself, like Dean. Uh, you know, we're in the group, so you can chat with us in there. Get get your opinions in. Just search Locked On Steelers on Facebook. Ask to join the group. I'll add you as soon as possible. And uh, also, if you want to support the show, please subscribe to us. We're on Apple, Spotify, Radio.com, and Google Podcasts, all the places where podcasts are hosted. And if you want to really support us, leave us a five-star review with a positive comment. When you do so, it really helps out the show, and you will get a a, uh, a shout-out on the program because when y'all do that, I uh, y'all show me some love, I show you some love. And we've shown a few people love this week with their five-star reviews, so get on there um, and help us out. Thanks again for listening to the show. Back in the ears tomorrow, we got Wesley Euler from ESPN Pittsburgh coming back on the show. Should be a fun one with him. We'll talk to you then.